Hey, good day, fellas. This show's for you. Welcome to Uncensored Advice for Men. Guys, whatever you're going through in life, relationships, belief systems, identity, money, right? We've got things that we go through in life, but most of the time, us guys, we just keep our mouth shut and we keep it to ourselves. Uh, this show is to show you and to bring other people to share their story and to share some advice for you. All right. So if you need something specific, you need some help, you're going through something in your life, uh, or you'd like to hear a specific topic on the show, head on over to uncensored advice for men, fill out a quick form, and we'll see if we can find a guest that can, you know, maybe answer the questions you have, or maybe you have some advice that you'd like to share with other men. All right. So I'm going to shut up now, guys, let's welcome Bobby to the show. Bobby, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me on. Can't wait to be uh, take the sensor off of me and let, let's let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. So now this, since this is a podcast interview, people are mostly hearing, you know, hearing your voice. Right. Talk, talk to us about you and uh, and maybe uh, share your story here. Need a description of my disabling good looks. You're beautiful, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm retired staff sergeant for the United States Army. I did four tours of Iraq. Um, I got hit by an IED in 2007. I was the sole survivor out of the five men in the Humvee. My body was burnt about 38%, 38 to 40%. My body was burnt. My head was burnt to the skull. Uh, Left arm burnt real bad. Eventually amputated my left hand. Uh, Back of my legs and my legs stuff were feet were burnt. So pretty much burnt all over. I'm I'm not uh, scarred. It's tattooed. (laughs) Um, I look like a the really cool, like even cooler Deadpool. Like Deadpool is a real badass, not just a smart ass. That bad <laughs> So if you got in a fight right now with Deadpool, you'd whoop his ass, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, with my nub, with my missing hand. I gotta be with my nub. <laughs> <laughs> you're a much better looking Deadpool, and you're actually you can back it up. All right. All right so uh now I we let's let's dig into this, right? So you you painted a picture of of you know, your appearance, but you're, 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 you're on a cool mission now. Uh, talk to us about what you're working on today. Yeah. So I guess to get there, um, you know, as I healed at the hospital through everything, um, I used my sense of humor. And so my, my occupational therapist said, you should do stand up comedy. And I'm like, there's no way that I can do it. Like in the, um, in the hospital, it's all wounded veterans and hospital staff. And as you know, even firefighter EMTs and everything, you have to have that sense of humor, that dark sense of humor to get through it. So I would just make fun of everybody and make fun of myself. And like, for instance, a guy was missing both legs above the knee. He walks for the first time, like amazing moment. So cool. And they said, well, how do you feel? He said, well, half of me feels like, I was like, no, <laughs> you can't say that anymore. Technically that's like all of you. <laughs> uh, I, I love that man all right so, that's so like good. me saying on the other hand it's- <laughs> now <laughs> i heard this joke all right so i think humor is such a good way to kind of break down the barrier of what's going on emotionally right like because everyone's dealing with crap your crap that is it's very evident for people to see Right. Based right. on your flesh wounds and, you know, like you, you have to carry around a, a hanky to, to water yes. your eyes. Now, your your crap is very evident for people to see. But a lot of us, we carry it on the inside. You carry it externally. Yes. At first, did you consider that a blessing or a curse? Uh, 
curse. Right. Walk <laughs> us through that. I, that was an obvious um, like softball answer, but go for it, man. Dig into yeah, it. No, it, it's a curse because I can't hide from it. I can't put it away. You know, I can't go in the store and cover up. You know, it's if I put a ski mask on, you know, might, I'll get more <laughs> attention than I don't want. <laughs> so yeah, I can't just go to the store. You know, but I get the other side of that coin, where a lot of veterans aren't thanks for their service, and I know a lot of us don't like that that thank word, but just that people appreciate us, they appreciate veterans. Now that's where it's blessed for me because I get that all the time. People are always helping me buying. Uh, food for me you know if i'm at a restaurant eating a lot of times my meal will get paid for me and unfortunately it doesn't happen to a lot of other veterans you can't tell you know unless it's veterans day um or they're wearing a hat or something like that but i could be naked and they're like oh there's a veteran (laughs) 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 one he's running around naked too i mean tattooed and scarred (laughs) yeah so yeah it's the curse where i can't hide like i can't go into the store and not know someone's gonna notice you know i'm gonna get stared at looked at sometimes ask questions and I like the question part you know that doesn't bother me especially when it comes to kids but sometimes you just want to go in a store and, and just not be bothered or stared at you just go do be normal right yeah <laughs> so sometimes sometimes you don't want to be noticed right yeah it's almost like a celebrity status thing where someone's got to come up and talk to you and but then again at the same time you meet these amazing people that you know they, they talk about a, a friend I mean one time it was a police officer um, wife, you know, she lost her husband line of duty. And so she wanted to buy my dinner. Just like, here's 50 bucks, take your family to dinner. I was like, no, 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 it's okay. She said, nope. My husband died in line of duty. I want to do this. Don't take this away from me as a gift to give to you. So I said, okay. And I learned that too, right away. It's, uh, I, I always used to deny people stuff, but I love giving. So if I deny them the chance to give, I'm denying them that gift. So that's definitely one thing we all need to learn from this is it's okay to accept gifts because otherwise you're denying that gift. Now, if you don't use it, you could also take that gift and give it to somebody else and and keep giving. So you can always do that with it. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, that's so cool. Uh, So uh, I was a firefighter uh, for a little bit of time, uh, firefighter medic and, you know, uh, and, and you were in military. We go through a lot of our wounds. Your, your wounds are external. But a lot right. of the wounds that we have as soldiers, frontline workers, and just dudes in general, all of our wounds are internal. What what internal wounds that, that you had that were amplified or magnified for your from your external wounds? Can you talk to us about like what, what was going on inside? Yeah, I mean, sure, you could talk from the beginning right away, the insecurity with the way I looked. Um, that was definitely there, even though I was married at the time. I just couldn't understand how she could be attracted or give me a kiss or anything. It took me three years to get used to my new face. Um, and now when I look at my old self, I'm like, I look better now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I should have done this a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> the before and after transformation. Right? <laughs> why was I not allowed to play with matches? I could have been less good looking a long time ago. <laughs> right? But yeah, that definitely was an issue. You know, the insecurity. And then you got the post-traumatic stress disorder or, and that stuff, the OCD, which both of them are anxiety-driven, <laughs> anger issues. Right. Um, but, you know, I deal with all the same stuff, you know, with, with being in a crowded place, having my back to the, the door, all that stuff. And one thing I get a lot is people go, oh, you know, they start to share a story with me. And they go, well, mine's not as bad as yours because they're looking at the physical. Yeah. And the, the thing is, whatever you're going through, it's the worst thing in your life mentally, then it's, it's just the same. It is exactly the same as mine. That's all we know. You know, I, I only know this, you know, if I haven't been through this, 
I couldn't tell you that I'd be doing stand-up comedy or motivational speaking. I would probably tell you, I mean, I'd probably get drunk on the couch, miserable, going, my life sucks. You know, there's no way I can handle that. But uh, you don't know until you go through it. So, but if you're going through anything you're likely going through right now, which we know everybody's got something going on, especially in today's world with the pandemic going on the last couple of years, everybody mentally, I mean, if you didn't have a mental problem before, you do now. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but now we're all just growing up on that. But the good thing is the war brings out a lot of this stuff, whether it's head injuries, mental illness. Unfortunately, you know, 20 years of war, we've just come to the forefront more because of veterans. Um, but now we're able to help other people. People are more aware of it, especially helping getting first responders to ask for help now, too. And we're still on the brink of that trying to get that egg cracked so more of them can do that on the job <laughs> yeah you know uh we, we talk about dark humor and you know as firefighters one of the ways that we would deal with a bad call we would get after you know get back to the station after a bad call and another call is going to come up in two minutes so right. typically a way that we dealt with things were a humor right and and it's yeah. And it's sick, right? Some of the stuff, it, to be honest, it's, it's sick. And if, if we said it outside the fire station, people would be like, I cannot believe you said that, right? It's a shame. But that's how we, we dealt with this. Now, you're able to uh, joke and you're able to bring comedy, especially in a way that other military people will appreciate, right? Yeah. So talk, talk to us about how comedy is helping other people heal internally. Uh, yeah, you know, what you're so doing. we all use it to get through stuff. We use it as a self, uh, I do self-deprecation jokes, but it's a, it's a defense we use and it's to help break the ice to other people that are kind of looking and don't know how to, they don't know what to say. So I disarm them by doing a joke. So I mean, you're civilian or not, or military, whatever. If I disarm you by already making fun of it, now you know it's okay to, to talk about it. You know, <laughs> you never know if someone wants to talk about their physical disabilities. So you know, there's little kids like looking at me in the store and the mom's like, stop, stop. I'm like, yeah, you remember when your mom told you to stop making those faces, it's going to freeze like that. You better listen. <laughs> <laughs> so you disarm them, you just say hi to them and, and it kind of breaks the ice there. So humor does that for not just me, but forever I'm approaching or anybody near me. Um, I, I've just, I love to throw off uh, the waiters and waitresses at the, the, the uh, restaurants. You know, my girlfriend will ask for like steak. I'm like, well, how do you want that done? Like, she wants it well done, just like her men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun making them feel awkward. And you know, when you got that good one, that sarcastic kid that comes right back at you. And I love that. Yeah, <laughs> or they pretend like they didn't hear me. Like, oh, they just keep going on with their questions. <laughs> right. Well, what I, what I love is when it's when people don't make jokes with you, it's that they're no longer treating you like a human. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or when they're not looking at you or when they're not talking to you of whatever you're going through in life, you know, like a lot of my wounds have been internal, right? I've got some knee scars and such like that. And some, <laughs> I walk with a limp and such like that, but like a lot of my stuff was internal. But you got promoted, right? You took those knee scars and you got promoted. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I got promoted to light duty. <laughs> so, but you know, like we, we hide our scars and and there's a time where we don't want people to notice it. But what we realize is that everyone has, has scars of some sort. Yeah. Some are internal. Most are, uh, most are internal. Some are external. Now, when, when, the, when the waiter speaks back and does a joke back, what do they typically say? Or, or you know, like, what is a good response back to you that you appreciate? 
typically they just laugh and they, they look at me and go, oh, you still look well, you still look pink in the middle, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so if, if they could just laugh, they could come back with any little thing. It's just, it's amazing. And I love that. You know, I just, I'm like, oh, you're too much. You know, at least they say something back instead of just ignore that I said anything. <laughs> but again, it made them feel awkward. It made me feel better. I was, it made me happy. <laughs> but you know, they're going to go home and tell somebody else, oh my God, you believe this guy said to me today? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And And then, but that, now they're talking, right? And they're they're yeah, having a conversation. They're going to look at it and then talk to somebody else. Like, oh, next time, right, I should have said this. I should have said that. Um, yeah. So they're, they're, probably, they're happy. They just don't know how to say that. That, oh, at least this guy could joke about it. Yeah. Um, so it definitely put a bug in their head. You know, makes their, change their perspective on life a little bit. Yeah. Now you've, you're, you're growing to like celebrity status and, and there's, there's, there's more and more um, content being created around you. And uh and, you know, I can't, you know, don't, what, what could we talk about? You know, what, what is going on? What are you working oh, yeah. on? And, There's and tell so us much you're going doing. on right now. It's, it's yeah. insane. Um, yeah. Because of the burns in my comedy, I'm able to get into television and film. I even did one episode on Shameless where I played Pyro Polly. <laughs> um, I started a nonprofit, Forging Forward, where I help veterans and first responders and go start families. But doing all that, speaking to high school, speaking to businesses, doing the comedy, living my life, living my, chasing my dreams, um, I've been living well done, <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> the well done comedian has been living well done. So you say, live your life to the fullest, you know, live your best life. I say, live well done. And mm-hmm. so that's what we're doing right now. The main thing we're focusing on is trying to get a documentary made to show how I live, how I live well done. And uh, yeah. that's going to be the name of the documentary, Live Well Done. You can check it out at livewelldone.com. There's all kinds of stuff about me, my story, what I do. So you can see the stuff I want to capture. Um, on livewelldone.com, there's also an Indiegogo link to donate to help make the film because we, I don't have that kind of money because no one pays for my horrible jokes. So <laughs> <laughs> I need to raise money to make the film. <laughs> yeah. But it's not just about my story. Like I go out there and I share my story to help others share their stories, you know, to let them know that you're we're supposed to do that. I say, look, look, I, this happened to me. I was on my deathbed. No, I shouldn't be out on the stage telling jokes. I shouldn't be being an acting in a movie or a TV show. This is crazy. I'm out in Maui surfing, skydiving with one hand and a hook. Like, and I don't, I don't say I do all this stuff because now wow, look at me. I'm so cool. I mean, I am cool, but <laughs> it's not, that I think I'm, you know, better than anybody else. Like, look at me. I'm trying to say that. I'm trying to say that if I can do this, you can do this. And that's why I got to tell you what I was able to accomplish. I'm not bragging. I'm saying if I can do it, you can do it. You have no excuse. Come on, let's get out there and get going. Chase your dreams. So I, I heard some awesome stuff. So people could go check out <laughs> the documentary. Sorry. <laughs> right, right. But people could go, you know, take a look at the documentary that you're building because you want to build hope and inspiration for other people to live a life yes. well done. Uh, so there's an Indiegogo that people could help participate in it. Yeah. But you said something else that was really cool. You have a hook? I have a hook. Yes, I'm not wearing it. Okay. Um, I guess I can tell you I was wearing it. No one knows right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> True. Yeah. It's a podcast, right? But I was like, oh, wait, that guy has a hook. All right. Um, so yeah, t- tell us I about. A hook, I have a tracking hand, all kinds of different hands. I have a drawer full of hands. <laughs> what, what is the coolest hand that you have? I think the hook's my favorite. <laughs> it comes with a pirate, like I pirate. Um, so when you get a prosthetic made, you can put whatever material you want inside of it. So I have two of them, or three of them actually. My mechanical hand has a crown royal bag in it. 
my uh, activity hand has like a pirate, all this other stuff on it. And then I have a different hand that I just got because I want to take welding classes and stuff and forging. So to get that one, it's body powered through the shoulders. And that was just camouflage, but those are my three different arms that my hands hook onto. Very cool. But the pirate <laughs> hand is your favorite? It is because it just looks right. It's just a big, big red hook. Nice. I, went sky, I got my skydiving license with it. Did 37 jumps with a big giant red hook just coming out of the, the sky. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Now, all right. So surfing, skydiving, uh, stand-up comedy, TV, <laughs> acting, building a documentary. Like what, what does, what does your, uh, what's your downtime look like? What do you do when lights are out or when, when, you know, early in the morning or late at night when it's just you? I, I need to go to the gym as an outlet. I need to run, but mostly if I'm just want to relax and be myself, I'm doing it this weekend. I'm going camping. Yes. We're going camping. Uh, I live in Myrtle beach. So walking on the beach and going to the beach all day long and just boogie boarding, just hanging out on the beach is my thing. Mother nature is so healing. So when you need to get away from everything, that's what I love doing. We got an RV, and that's part of the uh, documentary is touring with us in the RV and, and seeing how that life goes. I mean, we just we don't have to be in an actual event. We're just at a V park. We meet a stranger, and we change each other's lives just talking. Yeah, we've got a we've got a uh, an RV. We love that's one of our favorite things to do is going going camping because at yeah. RV parks people are cool, aren't they? They are. Hey, everyone wants to help you out. Like, here's a bar in my car. Let me help you do this. I'm gonna that. Everybody's willing to help each other out like the world used to be. You know, you help the neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. We love, I love it. Maybe we'll go camping sometime, Bobby. Let's um, do it. Let's do it. Well, we'll, we'll film some, uh, we'll do some podcasts. Now, on your stand up comedy, give us, give us some of the, give us some of the, uh, give us some of your stuff, right? Can you, yeah. can you do some of it? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah. So I got to think, like, what, what can I do is not visual, you know? <laughs> as you know, as I joke around, like, I'm a burn survivor. Thank you. I've been extinguished for years. <laughs> you know it's like i'm so cheap you know i expect a discount in my cremation <laughs> you're already 30 38 of the way there aren't you yeah <laughs> you can't charge me full price for this come on <laughs> at least getting like a child discount you know no, i'm not a full adult i don't have my whole body here <laughs> but i do stuff like that just making fun of the burns uh so a lot of it is like visual stuff and yeah. of course i have kids and everything like that but it, and I joke around, I, I talk about what happened to me, how I got blown up. I, I make fun of that. You know, I did four tours of Iraq. You know, I got blown up by a roadside bomb, but I figured out after four tours and IED, my lucky number was three. <laughs> so, <laughs> you pushed the luck there. Bit, yeah. Right? <laughs> that last one. Yeah. I've been blessed. I've gone back actually three times after I got injured. I've yeah. been to Afghanistan, Iraq, and Kuwait doing comedy for the troops. And that's probably some of the best times. And matter of fact, I'm about to uh, go talk to some firefighters on, I don't know when this is airing, but October 1st and 2nd, I'll be in Orange, Massachusetts, talking to firefighters in the community. Awesome. Awesome. Now, when, when people meet you, what, what are the typical questions that people have? Like, what's the best question that you've ever been asked? Uh, best question. I mean, the obvious questions are, can I hear? Because if you can't see me right now, I have maybe a quarter of an ear. I have like one earlobe. <laughs> yeah, you still it. have your earlobe. You have your right earlobe still. Yeah, right earlobe. That's it. Um, so I get asked if I can hear, and my hearing is actually amazing. Uh, I do have ringing in the ears and stuff when there's not a lot of noise around. But because I don't have blockers, I can hear people behind me, noise around me. I don't have anything blocking the background noise. Ah. 
So I mean, at a table, I'm listening to people behind me being nosy. <laughs> so you'd actually make a really good spy because you could hear 360. Yes, I would make a good spy in that sense, but I'd stand out. Like a spy has to like <laughs> blend in. Like, <laughs> True. Okay, good point. So, good point. Unless there's a zombie apocalypse, you know, then I can blend in. I can yeah. spy on the zombies because I look like them. <laughs> you would, yeah, they wouldn't even, you, you'd, you'd make your way in. That's a great right? idea. I just take some, I did some blood and splash it on me. So I smell dead or something. I guess I can't blood, bombing fluid. I don't know. Yeah, something. <laughs> something to camouflage my smell of being real and alive. Yeah. What, other, eyesight, what other good questions do, uh, do people ask you? My eyesight. People will notice a lot of times they, they realize you're not blinking. I'm just winking because I can't close the left eye at all. So if I, I, if I get close to the camera, I may hit the lens. Am I looking at you? <laughs> yeah, I can still see your eye when you do that. Yeah, just see the white of my eye when I close it. Just rolls yeah. up, so I can't close that eye. I put medicine at nighttime, so I get questions asked about my vision, which I have. Last time I had checked, it was twenty twenty in the right eye, twenty twenty five in the left eye, the one I can't close. But now they do get blurry because they water a lot, and that's why I carry around the little Linus blankie handkerchief so I can wipe my eyes. So you'll always see me wiping my eyes just because they're dry and watering all the time. Yeah. But at the right moment, I can pretend like. I'm crying to get sympathy. There you go. <laughs> like carrying around a puppy all the time. And just, yeah. Oh, he's so sensitive, man. He's so <laughs> sensitive. Look at him. He's in touch with himself. Oh, that's so good, Bobby. Yeah, you got to leverage this thing, man. You, you, uh, really you know how to work it. You got to work it, man. Work it. So, so I, I uh, warn the ladies, once you go cooked, you're hooked. <laughs> and you got both cooked and hooked. You got right? both of yes. them. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, so Bobby, uh, did the tattoos come? Before the injuries or after the injuries? I had some before. Um, I am proof that they are removable. <laughs> <laughs> that too, they're not permanent. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I got a lot of them afterwards. They got uh, covered up. If anything I had before, well, not all of it was covered up. I actually had a skull on my forearm before. I just added flames to it. So I just <laughs> added flames to make it real. <laughs> yeah. And all of them are have to do with my story, you know, are the four men that I lost. Or how my life has changed afterwards. Um, middle of my chest, I have a compass, and the rest of the chest is like guiding light shining off of it, showing me my guiding my light, showing me my light and guiding me through the light, um, which it says truly blessed in. Um, so it's all like that stuff like that. On the elbow, I actually have a bomb exploding, and it says I'm the bomb. Oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so- the big big fire extinguisher on my forearm or my bicep that says extinguished. So it's, <laughs> there's some comical stuff. There's some real stuff. But it's all my life, you know, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as you're as you're standing up on stage and as you're doing comedy, like what's what's your big vision? What like what's the end game for you? Not, I, you know, we, we don't yeah. want to talk end game, but like <laughs> not, the life, end end, but. <laughs> not the end end. But you look back, you and I, let's say 25 years from now, you and I are sitting at a campsite, Crown Royal. You're going to yes. be drinking Crown. I'm going to be drinking tequila. And we're sitting there talking. We go, man, we did it. What does that look like for you? We left that footprint. Did I lose you? Oh, yeah, no, I there you are. I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, we, left, we left that footprint. You know, we, we, we changed someone's life through something we did. They go back and listen to the podcast. They go back and, and maybe watch my show on Netflix, um, whether it's just speaking or the comedy. But we've left our footprint to continue to help others afterwards. Cause I don't want to keep doing this. Um, I want to have time for my own life. I have grandchildren. So I want to do this documentary, uh, get that comedy special out there and then just 
run my uh, nonprofit. I help veterans, first responders, and Gold Star families. And in between doing events with that, I'm hanging out with the grandkids and the camper. And obviously uh, drinking with you. <laughs> yeah, that sounds perfect. Wow. That, so that's, that's so cool. So as we're, as we're having this conversation, like, what is one of the biggest challenges that you have today? Like if someone's like, where I, could, I could wave a wand and fix anything for you right this second. Like what would be, that, what would be the, the fix for you if you had a magic uh, genie? Magic fix for me oh. to uh, be at that point already where I left the footprint and we're sitting around the campfire. <laughs> Boom, it's done. It's out there. Uh, you've helped people. Uh, people are continuing to be helped through what you've done. And, you know, and, and that's it. And be able to enjoy my life too and my grandchildren. Yeah. How many grandkids do you have? I have three, three granddaughters. What's better, kids or grandkids? Grandkids are so much better. It's a couple hours at a time. You love on them. They love you. They don't get mad at you. They don't talk back to you. <laughs> you, you give what they want. You know, mom's not looking. You just hand them some sugar and send them back. Um, they're, they're, they're awesome grandchildren. And they call me Bert Paw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. <laughs> right? You need your own special name for, for them. And, you know, that my daughter's asking me when my oldest granddaughter's born and like you know papa i said burnt pot and of course my daughters are laughing perfect and uh my oldest is going to be seven should be seven next week happy birthday that's awesome (laughs) that's awesome so all right so show show me your left hand your your nub okay so (laughs) doesn't look right does it no there's something missing there uh do you ever get the phantom uh things where you feel your fingers or what's that feel like uh, it's so mine feel like they're there and they'll feel like it cramps up. Yeah. Almost like your knuckles are, are just kind of cramped up in this weird position. Um, so I just stretch it. I do both hands same time, but all the muscles move in the arm. Like I feel my fingers there. I'm moving my fingers and I'm stretching them out. So I do that with both hands, technically in my head. Um, and it stretches them out. Yeah. I will try to catch stuff from then now. If I drop <laughs> something, I will, I'll try to catch it. Like it's there. It's, <laughs> yeah so if i throw a baseball and you went to go catch it you're totally missing it like unless you use your oh, yeah. hand going or bouncing off hitting me in the face for sure <laughs> yeah you know what we're gonna do bobby we're gonna uh i'm gonna take this for for people who want to see the actual conversation i'm gonna put this like on a on a youtube or something but i'll put this in the show notes so if someone's like hey man you know like i really want to see what you guys are experiencing and, and and see your uh your trophies right like people can can be a part of that yeah let, let me ask you a question if you could go back to before the ied happened now you're let's just say your friends are still alive so it has nothing to yeah. do with your 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 friends but in terms of who you were before the explosion who you are after the explosion would you change that explosion now your friends are alive today yeah. right and no, thank you uh, for them yeah i wouldn't change it it's i mean i was always a person that gave you know a service um, I always gave others. I was not always not a believer in a higher power. I was atheist, but I was always a giver. I always wanted to help others. That was just ever since I was a kid, you know, they put out that spring clean, everybody throws out their trash. I'm finding a nice chair to bring home to mom. Like, <laughs> and my mom's like, that looks great. Let's put it on the porch. <laughs> but I was always a helper like that. So it just amplified who I was. I think anybody that goes through any death experience that it amplifies who you are. If you're an asshole before, you're probably an asshole afterwards or bigger ones. Um, 
but I was always a giver. And I was always kind of funny, goofy guy. So it definitely brought me out even more. Um, I don't have to care about how I look anymore. You know, <laughs> before it's like, oh, my, is my hair right? Did I do this? And I, but even sometimes, you know, I'm still human. Uh, I'll be like worried that it's zit on my face. And my girlfriend's like, Nick, they're going to notice. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good they're not looking at that. <laughs> yeah. So when you, when you look, uh, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? I see me now. I look in the mirror, I see me now. I'm like, oh, I got to trim my beard again. I got I to check for nose hairs. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's normal. It's a normal thing now when I look in the mirror. It's not like, oh, my God, who's that guy? But yeah, it's like I said, it took me three years to get there and it, it got better every, every year after that, for sure. How do you, do you see people differently after this? I have a hard time. I, I do my best, but I, I, I'm so uh, helpful to people. I want to help them, but they're part of the stubborn side of me. So why can't you just get off your butt and do it? I did it. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you get, you get, you get hardened from war and, and having this stuff. And you're like, no, that's stop it, Bobby. You can't think like that. But our brain automatically goes there. Like, why can't you do this? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, um, I have a lot of friends that, that get addicted to medications or and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, I got myself off of it. You could do it too. And I want to beat them up. <laughs> it's like, why can't you do this? You just got to stop. This is how you do it. And it's like, ah, you want to help them. But a lot of times if they're not ready for help, you can't help them. You just keep enabling them. So I've definitely learned that uh, as much as you want to help somebody, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard if they're not ready for it. It, it is. And, you know, talking about, you've got a good goatee going right now. Thank yeah. You. Thank yeah. It's looking good, yeah. man. I, I can't really grow one. If you, if you see mine, it's, it's, it's pretty weak. It's like a quarter and a half, but and everybody always asks me because it grows up all the way to the corner of the mouth on one side and the other side, it doesn't because of the scarring. It just doesn't grow there. So I go, why don't you trim it down there? I was like, well, that's why I would want it. And so now I've got used to it. I think if I trimmed it down there, it'd be too hard to make that same shape as the scars make on the other side. So it's just easier. I just I just give them a good side like this, you know. Just, yeah. <laughs> Show it. your good side, right? You could, yeah. you could get so a good side. Like, hey. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that was what's, definitely a visual thing. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. People will go back and watch. What's your favorite holiday? Well, there's a couple of good ones. Fourth yeah. of July, I always look at the run up to the fireworks stands. <laughs> <laughs> help! Help! Water rocket sparkles. Oh my god, the same stuff you gave me last year. Great. <laughs> but Halloween's gotta be my favorite because I actually look normal that day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, oh, it's cool makeup. How'd you do that? <laughs> so last year someone made paid me 40 bucks to lay in their yard. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> hand kids <laughs> hand kids some candy. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. So, Bobby, what is two questions? What is your favorite outlet for when you're in pain? Um, for mental pain? Yeah. Um, that's another good question I get asked too. Not that, but physical pain. I don't have any physical pain. People are wondering that. Um, but yeah, when I'm stressed out, my brain has had enough. It's on overload. I'm overwhelmed. The gym. Yeah. Going to the gym saves lives. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. What, what, what workouts do you do? Because I mean, you can't. Uh, can you bench press right now? Because I mean, you, you have 
one hand. Right. No, I can't bench or anything. So what I do, I use the cables a lot. I have okay. straps that go on my forearm and my my uh, tricep bicep area. Yeah. My upper arm, and so I hook that up to cables so I can do wings to work the chest. I can work the back. I can you know work all the different angles of the chest, and I even do some. Uh, like rows with it. And I can also do the lat pulls. Like I'll hook it up with a lat pull bar and do lat pulls and work the back and stuff. Hook it on some dumbbells and do some shoulders lifts and stuff. So I found ways to work pretty much every part with the got straps. It. Are you shredded, man? Do you got like six packs and like there there was a point I was. <laughs> I've gotten a little lazier and older. Uh, when I was 44, six years ago, I just turned 50. Happy birthday. Uh, Holy moly. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. September 3rd, I turned 50 years old. And everybody's like, you don't look that old. Like, yeah, it's all the plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> but if there was a point I was like insane. And then COVID, I use COVID as excuse to put on the extra 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah. I got COVID weight too. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, around it's my there. It's real. It's like that, that freshman 15 in, in college. It's, yeah. Yeah. That COVID weight is, is on for sure. So I just started going back. So hopefully I can get uh, shredded and enjoy those burgers again. Mm, <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was the first question. Second question is what question should I ask you that you're, you're just, you wish someone would ask you this question. What question? question. Um, wow. That's a good one. I think the best questions are what I think the best answers are. <laughs> um, yeah. and that's with uh, survival's guilt. And what we already talked about earlier, when people ask, you know, mentally, or they say, mine's not as bad as yours. Um, and I guess that's not really a question, but if I can get that to that answer out to them, you know, that the, the, how bad it is mentally, um, I think that is, I, that's, I guess, there you go. There's the question. I just, I'm processing it. But yeah. when they see me and go, oh, you see physically, but how's your mental health? That's probably the best question is how's your mental health? And that will let me give them the answer that, you know, their, their problems are just as bad as my problems when it comes to the, it's the worst thing they've ever been through. Then it's the same thing. That's all we know. Hmm. That's yeah. so good, man. That's so good. What could people expect from, you know, following your content, following your comedy, seeing you pyro poly on shameless <laughs> great show, by the way, and uh, your documentary, what could, what could people expect to get from that? Yeah. What you're going to get from me is a very open person. I will talk about anything. So you'll see a lot of comedy stuff, making, making fun of myself. I t- just did a video on TikTok. It's, I think it's like 5.7 million. And it's just, me, I don't know if you saw this video. It's people, hey, Staples has Staples. And then you see the woman running to Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So, so I did that. And it's like, Staples has Staples, babe. I jump in a car and I drive up to a Goodwill. And she's like, what are we doing here? I'm like, it's a secondhand store. <laughs> it takes a second. It, it took me a second to so, get that. I was like, got it. <laughs> so it's, I do jokes like that. So you'll see me making my humor, taking my stand up and put it in videos. Um, you'll see me reading poetry. I will talk about my dark days when I'm struggling and I do that. And if I'm doing that, don't worry. I'm okay. Cause otherwise I'd be talking about it. I've already been through it, but I want to share it in case somebody else is going through it too. So you see a little, everything very open about it all. You know, it's not like, Oh, every day's a great day. I um, mean, you know, I got my bad days too. And I share that. Yeah. For, for your buddies that you lost in the vehicle, cause you were the one of, you're the only survivor in that vehicle. So yeah. Do you mind if, do you mind if I ask you some yeah. questions there? Yeah, we can definitely touch on that for sure. All right. So there, there is, you know, sir, there's the thing called survivor guilt. Um, you're the only person that survived in that vehicle. What, what goes on in that? 
um, you know, after, after the incident, you wake up, you're in a hospital bed, you know, covered in bandages and such like that. And you find out all your buddies have, have gone. I'm so sorry to ask this question. No, but I, no, I, think it's I, I actually, I love to talk about, you know, cause that's part of what drives my four angels that drive me on that, that look after me. Uh, cause I need one on that, that takes shifts. It's a 24 hour shift watching me. <laughs> keep Bobby going, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I can't let them die in vain. They're not here today, so I go live my life to the fullest and to the best. You know, like I said, I could be on that couch going, my life sucks. And I thought that's where my life was going to be. When I, that first, it took about a year and a half when it really got, it hit me. What I got to do that first year and a half, I would pray to God every night just to take me. Even though I'm there with my family, I'm out of the hospital, but I still wasn't independent. I felt like a burden to my family. Survivor's guilt. So every night I just pray just to take me. That's what I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm useless. But I learned when I started getting my independence back. I started going to the hospital points by myself and got the drive again. Um, that's when I realized I'm here for a reason. I don't know what that reason is, but it's to raise my children, to see them graduate, to someday get to home with my grandchildren, to teach my grandchild something because my granddaughter's going to be the first female president. I don't know why I'm here, here still here, but I got to live my life and it's going to be here and I'm going to be here for that. So that's when I started just everything we take for granted every day, you know, like going to the beach, walking, like my vision, they weren't sure if I was going to have vision. So all these, if I was going to walk again. So every, all these little things I appreciate so much more today. And so I tell others, and when it's not just military survivors, guilt, you know, first responders, general public, you lose people in your life. Like, you know, it could be a car accident. Well, why did my friend die and not me? And you know what? We're still here and we got to live for them. Don't let them die in vain. You lived your life to the fullest because you got to say, what if I was the one that died? What if I didn't make it? What would I want for my friend who did make it? Of course, you want that friend or family member to keep living, to chase their dreams, to live their life even harder. Go hard, go bigger, go home, right? You want them to do that, to live their life to the fullest, whatever it is for them. And that's what they want for us. Do you find yourself, uh, I've lost a few firefighter buddies and uh, recently lost my father. Do you find yourself talking to, or like, like you're, you hit your finger and you go, fuck that, you know, like, or, or something happens and you want to call up your buddy. Like, do you find yourself like talking to them still? You do. There's certain things that remind you of of them and all individual people that you may be talking to. It could be the whole group. I'm like, really guys, I got to go really want me to handle this today. I can't handle all this today. You got this, you know, or or certain other buddies that I've lost to certain events that remind me of them that I'm at. I'm like, are you here? Are you, you're here right now. (laughs) You're messing with me from heaven, aren't you? You are totally screwing with me. (laughs) Or like my comedy shows, my stepdad who was annoying to me as a kid, as a teenager, we fought all the time. And then I go into the military and he was a Navy guy. And so after that experience, like, okay, now we're best friends. (laughs) You know, I understand what he put up with from us kids, you know, after I had my own kids and he died uh, right before I got injured. And in fact, that same year um, he, he passed away. And so doing comedy now, his big annoying laugh, I wish he could hear, or, you know, some of the big moments I'm like, he's up there with that big, his mouth wide open slobbered from, you know, top lip to bottom lip you'd always see him just ah, ha, 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 ha. and and i just see him doing that when those big moments hit you know the first time playing in vegas or 
you know, the show over here. Like, I know he was here today. And, and they're just laughing back there in his recliner, just cracking up. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny how we, how we kind of miss the annoying stuff? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that used to drive me nuts, dad. Now I, now I miss the annoying stuff, you know? Yeah. Those are things like, oh. I wish you would die. You're annoying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, shit. I didn't mean that. <laughs> no, no, no. I take it back. back. Take that. <laughs> yeah. So, Bobby, uh, for, for the dudes listening in the audience, I've got one guy in particular. I want you to give a yeah. piece of advice to. Uh, he has a large family, lots of kids, and I'm not going to share names or anything like that, but this is, right. a, this is someone that's in our connection. Um, just lost his wife. What advice do you have for, for someone like that? Uh, again, it's, it's, you're losing someone in your life. You'd rather trade places with them. I, I know that feeling. You want to take the pain away from them. Uh, you have children. You're trying to heal the pain from them. I've written poetry about that same question. You know, if I didn't make it home, how do you heal that kind of pain? Um, I, I can't help with healing the pain. You need your time to grieve in the way that you need to do that in your own way. And however that is, don't feel guilty for the way you grieve. Some move faster, some move slower. You handle it different ways. And it's like that song, I drive your truck. You know, it doesn't have to go visit his buddy's grave, right? He just drives his truck. That's how he, he does that. So we all have our different ways. You're going to need to process that. But again, you know, you got to live for that person. Um, you have children together. You got to be both parents now and, and know that for them. You know, my children are a big thing that kept me strong. And then I think that's a blessing to have those children to push me to be stronger, to be an example for them. Cause now when they have a hard time and you know, that, so yeah, you definitely, that's it. You just got to look after them, let them know that mom's still there helping guide all of you. And, uh, and she'll probably test you guys. <laughs> Make sure <laughs> you up your room. <laughs> and she, yeah. She's going to want you to go in your life. You know, and again, you got to put yourself in that perspective. If, if, if you were the one that the family lost, you want them to move on. You want them to move forward. Um, like, but not too fast, babe. Don't forget me. <laughs> um, and, and you gotta let, you gotta be able to laugh. You gotta be able to smile knowing that person sense of humor too. So, uh, you just gotta stay strong and hang in there. And, and since you touched on that too, in general, uh, the biggest thing we're losing a lot to even you guys, you know, firefighters to suicide. And so that goes along with it to continue to live your life. Um, we have our members tags. I have uh, over about 200 names of, of veterans that have died by suicide. We're trying to get first responders names and it's about living for them. And, and so I give these remembrance tags with their names out and with our, my 4G Foreman nonprofit, our hashtag is what's strong with you. You focus on your strengths to build your weaknesses and to help others with their weaknesses. That's what you use those strengths for. So remember what's strong with you and that you got to live for them too. Don't give in to that demon. Um, and it's not a sign of weakness. A lot of people say, oh, they were weak. They killed themselves. No, uh, times that I've thought about it and I've talked to others too, it's you're trying to do it for your family. You're like, they don't have to deal with me now when I'm having those bad days, my, my post-traumatic stress that I'm like, I can't function. I'm overwhelmed. They don't have to deal with that anymore. Oh, dad's crazy. Why has he got to sit this way to the door? Why is he pacing outside right now? We're just grocery shopping. <laughs> like, you know, I want to put them out of that misery. I have to deal with that. And so when someone takes their life in that situation, that, that injury from war, I mean, they got that injury as a veteran there. You, you got that from fighting a fire, a 911. People don't think about a, an operator, a 911 operator. Where's that? 
the stories they got to hear all day long on a phone and they can't go do something about it. You know, they get on the phone, they try to help someone get there to get help. And they got to hear a hundred stories a day and take that home. And how do you get that out of your head? Mm-hmm. Um, so we see it a lot in all the first responders and just in life in general, know to be strong. Don't take your life. Life is worth living. That's not the answer. And for those that did, we know that they, we're, we're angry with them for it, but we know they did it out of strength. And we are at that other point where we're glad they're not suffering anymore. Be happy for them too, because it was that bad where they had to do that. So um, stay strong. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I few things before we wrap up. I uh, I can't sit with my back to the door at a restaurant, it, or it makes me feel super uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and I've asked uh, I've asked other military people or people who have gone through some type of uh, traumatic event. Uh, if there's a time that you wake up almost consistently in the morning where it's not a normal wake up time, but it's just like in the middle of the night, what time is that for you? Just 4 a.m. <laughs> mine's mine's three thirty. Almost like. Oh. Like it's, it's right around that same time. It's just like, I wake up and I'm like wide freaking awake. What do you do when you yeah. wake up wide awake at four? Why am I awake? I will get up and walk around, usually go pee. Uh, <laughs> and if I can't, if I have, if, like if sometimes I battle it, like, well, I'm going to go make myself lay down again. Sometimes that works. Most of the time it's just, all right, might as well get up and go to the gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So mine's three 30. Everyone's is the, the majority of people I ask that question. It's like between three 30 and four 30. It's weird. I, yeah, I wonder what that is. <laughs> All right. So last freaking question, Bobby, right. where, where can people go to connect with you, learn more, and maybe be a part of your, your documentary, be a part of that, the sharing of the story. Where can people go to, to do that? Yeah. Um, so all social media, I'm Bobby Hinline on anything like that. Uh, the documentary is live well done. So livewelldone.com. Check that out. I'll tell you all about it. You can donate there to help. And there's prizes for donating. You can even, if, you got some monies in your pocket and you want to be a part producer or I think $250 get your names in the credit. Um, so there's all kinds of cool stuff. If you do that t-shirts and everything to help out with us and spread the word, share that uh, link to your friends and stuff like that. We just, I want to help the other people. Again, the movie's not about me. It's about helping others through my story to share their stories. Very cool. Very cool. Bobby, thanks for coming on the show. Fellas listening in reach out to our guests, say thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your service. We stand and salute our fellow service uh, members and we say thank you for that. But reach out to our guests, say thank you and find a way to support you know, what, what people are doing. If, you, if something, what they're saying resonates with you, find a way to be a part of it. And, uh, and if you have questions, if you have things that you're working on in your life and you need some help, head on over to Uncensored Advice for Men, uh, fill out a quick form and we'll you know, point you to a resource or maybe get you on the show, share your story. Bobby, thanks for coming on the show. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks, Josh.